Hi everyone, welcome back to Golden Great, Collaboration SF's podcast telling Asian American stories from the gold rush to the gold open. My name is Selena, and I am an artist interviewer and media and podcast editor with Collab. Today, I have a very special guest co-hosting this episode with me. Her name is Shanine, and she is an up-and-coming DJ in the Bay Area. Today, Shanine and I will be interviewing Filipino-American DJ, host, and producer Nico Blitz. Nico is a Twitch partner and streaming DJ. Some of you may know him from Twitch or TikTok. He created and hosts the Lunch Table series on YouTube. He is a DJ and producer for the Bootleg Kev show, as well as a host for Mix Global. We sat down with Nico to discuss everything from the growth of his career in radio, streaming, and content creation, to the importance of family, as well as Filipino food and Bay Area culture. I was truly inspired and humbled hearing Nico's story, and I hope this episode brings inspiration to you as well. Enjoy. Hi. Hi there, everyone. My name is Selena, aka Selini Beanie, and I am here with my co-host Shanine, aka C6 Shadi. Hello. Yes. Hello. Let's do it. This is our episode of Golden Great. Today we are here with Nico, aka Nico Blitz. You mm. might know him as the DJ on TikTok or on Twitch. And we are super excited to have Nico here with us today. <laughs> TikToker. Bopping, y'all. Nice, right. to, nice to finally sit down virtually with y'all. Yes, yes, yes. Well, first off, Shanine, can you talk about how you met Nico? Because I met Nico through you. I met Nico because Sanitize Your Soul, aka um, Super Strikes. Oh, really? That's how? Yes. Uh-oh. Oh my god! For Halloween, yeah, right. Wow. So, for people who don't know, what I did last year just to kind of promote myself on Twitch was, I believe it was every Sunday during the month of October, I would dress up as a different costume. So that's insane. Glad to know that that. the uh, promotion worked. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, dang. I just remember my first impression. I was like, who is this guy? Like. He has so much energy. I was like, what is he on? (laughs) (laughs) My first impression, yeah. My first impression of Nico was like, this guy has great energy. Like, what? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It was just fun, man. It was just fun. Like, I mean, it still is fun. Twitch definitely still is fun. But uh, it was just funny because, you know, you know, when you first start something out, like, it's just like so damn fun. Like, yeah especially during quarantine when I didn't get the chance to DJ at like venues or like any events that I used to do like prior to prior to quarantine. Um, So I think just having this opportunity and realizing how fun it was and, you know, also as a DJ, like figuring out like, cool, I don't have to just play hip hop and R&B. I can like actually get into some old school stuff that Mm -hmm. I don't normally get to play. And um, it, it was very exciting in the beginning still is like I said but especially in the beginning when you're just like trying to get your feet wet and trying to get people to know you like I just saw it as an opportunity to really network and really spread my name and you know I mean now we're doing this podcast I never thought this podcast would come out of it so you know yeah. I'm happy well, to know that it worked <laughs> let's talk about that let's talk about your name actually yeah. <laughs> can you explain it and kind of talk about like what how you got into DJing and how you got your name 
Yeah, sure. So Nico Blitz, it's that's been through like, oh my God, that's been through like so many different name changes, just like Lil Bastos, Lil Shanine. Yeah. I've gone through so many name changes <laughs> over the years. Like, I, I think it started when I was like maybe 13 or 14. I'm 28 now, so y'all could do the math. Um, So back in middle school, I wanted to be a rapper. And when I was trying to decide a rap name, um, I actually went with Lil Blitz at the time because, you know, there was like Lil Wayne, Lil whoever, mm-hmm. Lil whatever, right? Yeah. Um, and the reason why I chose Blitz was because when I was a kid, my favorite video game was actually Final Fantasy X. So they had this thing called Blitzball in the game. And basically it was like underwater, water polo in like a sphere. It was just like a mix of like a whole bunch of different games in one game. And so I was like, cool. So when I rap, I just want to be like a mixture of so many different things just put into one. So when I moved on from that to Blitz, because me and my friend Dino, um, we would dance all over the Bay Area. As, like, shout out to dance. Dino. Yeah, shout out to Demo D, man. Um, but yeah, like, so he got me into like turf dancing. Um, and then I basically kept just blitz from San Francisco to Los Angeles. And, you know, I was trying to get into radio. So my username, like throughout all these years, since the start of like Instagram, Twitter, and like literally everything, it was always Nico, aka Blitz. So when I got into radio and I got into like hosting the events um, at the uh, school functions, uh, the college radio functions, um, I would be like, oh, you know, so what's up? It's your boy, Nico, a.k.a. Blitz, because I kind of wanted people to know me as both. So our um, program director at the time, she was like, hey, so is it Nico or is it Blitz? Like, what is it? I'm like, it's Nico, a.k.a. Blitz. She's like, well. To be honest, that's kind of confusing for people because they won't know what to call you. So I would just suggest that you just go with one name. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I could just I'll go with Nico Blitz. Well, you know, because, you know, might as well. Right. Yeah. Like people know me as both. Mm-hmm. And then when I move out here to like L.A., you know, even on Twitch, people call me Nico Blitz. I'm just like, oh, my God, Damn. like so many different Both like, worlds. I'm having a freaking identity. Worlds collide. I don't know what to Damn, call Hannah Montana. <laughs> Getting the best of both Seriously. worlds. <laughs> Seriously. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like you can't really get my name wrong. It's either Nico or Blitz or Nico Blitz. It really doesn't matter mm-hmm. what you call me as long as it falls yeah. within that category. My only thing is like, don't spell my name with a k which people still get wrong and i'm like yo how do you get this wrong what the that's crazy (laughs) but yeah that's how the name uh nico blitz came to be and what it is now i don't believe it's gonna change anymore because i don't know what other combination it could get into but hey we'll see yeah you never know never at this point you're nico blitz (laughs) um so we're interviewing you today but you also interview other people Mm-hmm. you want to talk about the lunch table series and, yeah. and all of that how, how you got started in that yeah yeah so um it all actually started in college so in 2016 january 2016 um i was well in college i was actually a broadcast journalism major so that's why i got into radio but within that they also taught us how to like news write And in one particular class, they wanted us to start a website or a blog. So I was like, cool. Um, I already had this radio show in mind, The Lunch Table, because um, 
at my high school, which was an all guys high school. Shouts out to Reardon High School in San Francisco. Um, Reardon. You no, know, we would all just like get together at the lunch table and just like start talking however we wanted to talk. We'd talk about like sports, music, like literally whatever. And I kind of wanted to bring like that same energy to the table when I did my podcast or when I do my podcasts. And um, you know, that's just how it translated. And I was like, cool, like this will be an ode to the homies back home. I'm a very sentimental person and I do a lot of my moves in that particular way. Like, you know, I'll always like try to make an ode to something or, you know, something that just means a lot to me. Um, so long story short, started up a blog in January 2016 because of class. And um, there was a portion where he was like, okay, we, I want you to like interview someone. And, you know, I was literally just interviewing like one of the homies. And then I was like, you know what? I could kind of just see where I can go with this, honestly. Um, so I started just interviewing people like outside of the actual uh, requirements of the class. And literally within like, I want to say three, maybe four months of actually starting that blog. Um, one of my I actually had a couple big first interviews during that time when I started. It was um, all the Bay Area people or California people are going to love this. My first big interviews were Eric Bellinger. Oh, Clyde no way. Damn. Yeah, Eric Bellinger, Clyde Carson, and also uh, Bobby Brackens. No way. Mm-hmm. That's insane. So those wow. were like my first like big interviews like at that time. Mind you, this is like... Not, it is in year one but to kind of put it into perspective it was within like the first like four to six months of me actually starting it so i was like oh this could actually be a thing if you're interviewing like these people who you've been listening to like for the past couple of years like yeah this is freaking tight um and you know to be honest i didn't know where it was gonna go i didn't know what it could do and i was just like you know what? i'm just gonna keep on doing this because i love i love doing this and i love to see like something that i've built grown because yeah. I, I think, um, you know, over the years um, before I moved here, like I was always so focused on other people that I didn't put some time to like focus into something that like I really wanted to do. So it gave me that opportunity to, uh, you know, create something that I knew I enjoyed and I knew other people could enjoy as well. Um, and it actually helped get me my job at iHeartRadio. So I ended up having an interview at iHeartRadio. And one of the reasons they hired me, they said, hey, like a lot of college students, maybe like 99% of the college students that we interview, like have this for themselves. They don't have something that they created that they can present to someone like me. The funny thing is, is that I was interviewing with like uh, the VP of sales at iHeart at the time. So he was like, you sold me on this. However, like, the position we have available is not good for you in particular. So we're going to send you to the guy that we know like has a, that you basically have a better chance of getting hired with. Oh, wow. Which was basically a promotions assistant job. So, you know, pitching up tents, stuff like that. And I was like, cool, I'll take it, whatever. Yeah, definitely. it, It was definitely the lunch table ended up at that time. It became my segue to, uh, get into radio initially. And, you know, like just me being in the radio space, it was like, dude, there was like so many people who came in and out of the radio station to where me being smart after me doing like promotions assistant job for maybe like a year, 
um i made my way to become like a producer of a show um the bootleg kevin dj head show um around like 2017 2018 ish and literally like whenever they had people who i wanted to interview i'm like yo let me get this person yo let me get that person yo let me get that person and it's funny when like like it's just so simple to do when you just do even like quick interviews or like long form interviews because it's like you know i thought about it it's a radio station. There are people from record labels coming in and out. And if you have something to show them, like, hey, I actually do this. It's like, OK, you know, we'll we'll give you this artist outside of the radio. Oh, well, this artist of ours needs a little bit more attention. Like, can you do something on your podcast since you do this really frequently? I did maybe like like there was one day out of that week where I knocked out like three before I went to work. Damn. That's amazing. There was one weekend where it was a. Uh, Oh, damn what weekend was that it was camp flogna weekend and literally there was just hella people at my apartment at that time and we were all waiting to go to camp flogna but i told them like yo like, i gotta knock out this interview really quick wow literally at my apartment too so like if you guys go through like any of my lunch table interviews granted if it's not like uh if it doesn't obviously look like a like a studio with like um with like a sound deck and whatnot like all of that is like filmed in my apartment there was like artists from like Anigo pasquale for example mm -hmm. or ilona garcia or aj rafael who literally have stepped through in this apartment and have done these interviews with me wow that's a, that's a true la story <laughs> yeah it, it's it's so crazy dude like and you know like right now like it's actually being aired on television in the u.s and also in the philippines on mixed tv wow so you know like it, it was crazy because i was talking to uh my friend dino about this where he was like bro i remember there were nights where you're like yeah you know I'm just, i just gotta crank out these interviews um i don't know where they're gonna go or like what it could lead to i just need to do it mm -hmm. and now like everything just kind of comes full circle because like well now it's on tv yeah you know i mean like yeah. and that you know now it's like now it's something that like it's super cool that a lot of people can enjoy and um i honestly never thought it would get that way you know mm -hmm. i just did it because like i love doing it and then here it is now since you're a dj what inspires you to dj Ooh. yeah while well, all this was happening like at the same time like yeah how well, did that happen so you know, people, people do also have to realize, like, I was doing a lot of stuff for the sake that I didn't want to go home. Because I feel like as Asian Americans, Filipino Americans, mm -hmm. it's just like, I never wanted to like, have that sense of like failure. So mm -hmm. it's like, I always felt yeah. like not that I didn't want to go back to the Bay or anything like that, because I love the Bay. But it's mm -hmm. like, I didn't want to go back home and be like, man, I should have tried harder. Or man, you know, like, why did I give up? Da, da, da. So I literally did everything that I could just to make sure I stayed out here. And by everything, I mean, like, I was, first of all, all those interviews that I did were free. I've never, I've never paid to like interview someone. No one's ever paid me to do any interviews, like, and literally setting up and buying all the equipment and everything. Like that was literally all me. Wow. Um, so I was doing that. I was also trying to learn how to figure out how to do graphics too. I also had to take a video editing because, you know, who else would I pay to like, I didn't want to pay anyone to like just edit a video and put it up on YouTube for me. I was like, I can do that mm -hmm. myself. I can figure yeah. it out. 
So I kind of took that same mentality and then applied it to DJing because I told myself, all right, if I can't be on air, like verbally, I could also learn how to DJ too. And for the simple fact that I was always around um, a lot of DJ homies in college, um, I would literally be that guy and kind of just like look over and be like, oh, so, you know, what are you doing over here? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, know, it it definitely piqued my interest. I I will say one of the first times I do remember just DJing in general, um, my boy, uh, Ryan, shouts out to DJ Rymix. He would literally ask me like, hey, bro, like, do you because I didn't have any friends over here. Yeah. And he and he was cool. He was like, hey, bro, like, do you want to, like, chill with, like, me and my family? Like, my daughter's birthday is, like, coming up this weekend. I'd be like, yeah, sure, bro. Like, that's cool. So, literally, one of the first times I remember DJing, um, we were already drunk. And then he was like, hey, bro, like, you want to just, like, take over for a bit? I was like, I don't know what to do. He's like, bro, like, just just press these buttons. buttons. You'll be good. Just press these buttons. You'll be good. But like, scratch it in if you want to. Just, you know, just, it's whatever. It's, cool. it's chill. It's a family party. I said, all right, cool. So I was just drunk and I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, this is, this is kind of cool. And I would just apply what I had seen over the past couple of months from like knowing him, you know? Um, and literally what it came down to was, I believe in 2017, it was my grandma's 75th birthday. And my mom had asked me like, hey, like, it'd be super cool if you just like came back to the Bay, um, played music off of your iPod. And I was like, okay, that's kind of (laughs) lame. You know, my my family knows that I know good music. And by good music, I mean, like, whether it be like hip hop, R&B or whatever to like, you know, Filipino music, like family Mm -hmm. music, whatever. Like, I know like a wide range of music, so. I was like, you know what? Let me just kind of surprise everyone. Let me just buy like a controller, which I still have today. It was a Denon MC7000. Literally, the next day, I went to Guitar Center. I dropped maybe like, I don't know, $1,200 on it or something like that. Damn, that's a big jump right off the bat. Right off the bat. Because I was like, you know what? Like, I've been thinking, I was already thinking about it. And I was like, I might as well, because a couple of things would have came out of that situation one i get to go back for my grandma's birthday and quote unquote dj mm-hmm. two i already have an interest in it yeah. and i already know djs get paid more off of doing like you know just like random events so maybe that'll help me with my pockets and three i was like maybe this will be an easier way to get on the radio too yeah literally all three of those things happen wow like, an investment you know, it, it wasn't it was a twelve hundred dollar investment that's made me like way more yeah money. exactly but also too like going back to Shanine's question like what inspires me to DJ like you know I'm I'm very much a uh, people pleaser you know I like to see people happy I like to see people like laughing moving and grooving and all that and so I've always just kind of noticed when DJs have the power to do that and can make people move so you know especially uh, you know even if we take it back to twitch if i see the chat like flying i'm like oh yeah i'm doing a good job right now i know people are enjoying themselves even though they're probably mm-hmm. just like blank face stare just like at the computer like <laughs> LOL, fire 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 you know what i mean like yeah i have this idea like all right cool like people are enjoying it so oh, definitely 
you know, that's why I feel like it's a craft that does two things. One, it um, satisfies uh, my need for particular music at the time, and I very much enjoy it. But two, other people enjoy it while I enjoy it. So it's kind of like that perfect middle ground for me where it's like I make myself happy and I also make other people happy. So, you know, I love that. that. Love that. Do you remember your first gig? My grandma's birthday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like It it was funny because, um, damn, what did we even get? So my dad, he has a uh, he has an acoustic guitar upstairs. And he has a microphone attached to it. And there will be random time, literally, even if you go to my place right now, and especially if my dad's drunk, there will be random times where he just turns it on and he'll just start going ham on it. And I'm just like, oh, my God, we're <laughs> literally like we're literally just not doing anything. And then he'll go he'll go at it. So, you know, I told him, like, hey, I actually brought this equipment. Can we try to figure it out. I literally like we figured out the chord situation because I didn't know like any like chords that we needed. Mm-hmm. I literally had my mixer or my uh, controller linked to his mixer and then his mixer linked into a uh, a speaker that he had and we made it work. But dude, I remember how bad I still to this day remember how bad it was. <laughs> I remember how bad it was. Like I'm literally on stage and uh quote unquote stage and, <laughs> i was um, like damn i remember like i remember like back spinning something but mm-hmm. as a beginner i was like i didn't know how much back how much force i should put on the back spin so instead of just doing like a gentle like tap back and having the record rotate a little bit yeah mm-hmm. i like i like bay bladed that thing i like <laughs> i ripped it yo and literally all you hear is like <laughs> literally everyone turned their back and was like <laughs> the hell's going oh, on what's going on are you, are you okay like you good you good i'm just like sorry sorry but you know one, one thing that i do remember too from that moment was that uh you know i remember my grandma like walking in uh for the first time um during her 75th birthday and literally i just ended up playing happy birthday by stevie wonder and like she just started crying <laughs> I was like, okay, like that, that made it worth it for sure. I love that. Um, but you know, after that, it was just like, um, gigs with iHeartRadio, um, literally anywhere you could think of, like, whether it be Staples Center or like a Ralph's or like a T-Mobile, like I would literally bring that thing everywhere. And, you know, it was funny because a lot of people on, um, on the street team were like, so judging me, yo, it was ridiculous. Because a lot of questions came up like, Hey Nico, so how, like, are they paying you to do this? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you're not required to like bring your equipment. And I'm like, no, I'm not getting paid to do this. And yes, I, kn- I also know that I'm not required to bring any of this. They're like, so why do you do it? I'm like, because I want practice. I want to yeah. learn. Like, is that so hard? They're like, well, you know, like they're just milking you and, you know, you're taking away from other people. I'm like, well, I'm not taking away from myself. Other people aren't paying my bills. So what what's the problem? And, you know, a lot of people just like grew a lot of resentment. But at the end of the day, I decided that I just wanted to learn and uh, be the best that I could be. 
even what that led to, like once I infiltrated my way into producing a radio show, whether you know it or not, the music industry kind of goes on a hiatus from November through December. And in radio, that's also when they start to test out new people. So you'll have people filling in like midnight slots, for example, you'll have like DJs that just just want a shot at like doing something so they had asked me like yo nico like can you mix on air yeah of course do you know the format yeah of course in reality i didn't know shit i didn't know anything (laughs) but like you know i I had that mentality of just like let's just figure it out yeah i said all right cool so we're gonna test you out do this do that i'm like all right cool like what are we spinning on they're like the turntables i said bruh (laughs) mind you i'm mixing on a controller that a not a lot of people used so and so i was not accustomed to turntables at all so once i finally got the news within that week literally after my shift i would end probably around like 10 p.m um i would just stay at the radio station and just practice on turntables by myself and like you know i didn't have anyone to ask so i was like I was like freaking YouTube university over here, just trying to figure out what to do and how like the turntables worked. And literally within a week, like, I was like, all right, cool. I mean, mix live. All right. Hey, but okay. My heart rate skyrocketed like crazy when I first went on the radio live and I'm like, but you know, you know, I think the challenges were um, a lot of uh, inexperience, honestly, because you're talking about people who have tried and, you know, not to like downplay anybody and how hard like they work, but it's like, there have been people who have been working like years just to be on radio. And uh, initially I always felt like, damn, like, is it easy? Because it only took me like a couple of years to do this. But then I really thought to myself and, you know, I humbled myself because I'm like, but you know what? Like you just work so damn hard to the point where like, I just, I just I just know I work extremely hard to the point where I even like overwork myself because like, I know when there's a goal that I need to accomplish, I will do anything and everything that I can to make sure that that goal is accomplished. So if I needed to learn how to DJ, it's like, cool, I'm going to take a lot of time out of my day to learn how to DJ. If I needed to learn how to use turntables, it's like, cool, I'm going to learn how to use turntables right now and make sure that I know what to do before, um, you know, um, I need to actually use them. And, you know, that that was just kind of my mentality right here. And even on Twitch, too, it was kind of crazy. Like, I I tell a lot of people, like, the craziest thing about Twitch is the fact that um, you can, like, literally see how many hours you put in on one thing. Let's just say in this particular case, because, you know, I stream video games or just chatting every so often or whatever. But out of, like, the 1.3K hours that I've logged in on Twitch over this past year at least a thousand have been DJing and you know again not to like downplay how anybody else works but I know for a fact I put in like 1,000 hours worth of DJing for myself and I know nobody can nobody can challenge that because bro like the proof is literally right here and so you know it, it it it's funny like especially after going 365 days straight of streaming. I really thought to myself, because I'm a firm believer of putting 10,000 hours of work. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, damn, like if I did a thousand hours worth of DJing this year alone on paper, you know, on Twitch statistics, I always wonder like how many hours have I actually put in like in total 
not that like 10,000 hours is going to make you like the absolute master at everything. But it's like, you know, for me, I'm just like, damn, like I really have put in a lot of work and, uh, you know, it, it really does make me emotional thinking about like how much work I've put in during this time. You know, it definitely humbles me and it reminds me like, yo, like just keep working harder because if there's anything that I know I've proven to myself and, you know, hopefully I've proven to other people is the fact that all you have to do is just keep on going. The pandemic is is a big challenge, I think, for a lot of DJs. How do you feel the pandemic has affected you or how, how has it helped you and how did you navigate it? Um, well, I say this a lot. Um, but the pandemic really showed not just me, but I think it showed a lot of people like who's really about what they do. I think the pandemic has had a lot of people flourish. And I think it's also revealed who's not really willing to do what they say they've wanted to do. I've seen artists like uh, Twi, for example, just freaking blossom over this past year. And Twee's my friend also someone who I've interviewed on the lunch table. And I just, I had a gut feeling that she would be popping. And this is like way before she was even popping. I've seen DJ homies who like I've looked up to and just have ceased to exist. And I'm like, bruh, like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then, you know, I've, I wish that everybody would have like flourished during this time. Not to say that because I don't see what you're doing doesn't mean you're not flourishing. It's just that I think that this was the time to capitalize like so hard because literally everyone else was doing just staying at home and just doing like regular stuff. But, you know, I've I've seen people who have just gone crazy, whether it be on like Twitch or TikTok or have started their own business or started their own podcasts like this was the time to do it. Now, you know, I'm not saying anyone has missed the boat because you can still do that at this time. But like, if you really wanted to maximize it and really do something, the past year was really the time to do it. Like, dude, like my biggest regret from this past year was uh, not being on TikTok earlier. Mm. Like that was my yeah. biggest regret from this past year because, I mean, dude, it's so crazy how like within a week it went from like, literally 5,000 followers to like over 30,000. It was like absolutely ridiculous to me. I mean, Shanine saw it too. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I was just telling everyone on Twitch. I was like, dude, I don't know what the hell is going on. Like, I, I wish I could tell you guys, but you know, even a, even a party, like a mother who was a DJ on Twitch, she was like, dude, if you and Kizza were like doing this, like smack in the middle of pandemic, you guys would be at like a million followers. Probably, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, probably, but it's like, that's why I'm like, dude, this was like the biggest regret that I've had over this past year, which realistically, it's not anything that like stabs me in the heart. I'm just like, cool. Well, yeah, given the circumstances now, let's just go hard and see where it goes, you know? Right. Um. So, you know, uh, I think the mentality over this past year for me was like, just keep going at it mm -hmm. realistically, because you literally never know who is watching whatever you do like even when it came to uh the lunch table interviews which i will admit i did take a break from over the pandemic um i never thought it would be on mixed tv literally aired on tv um a lot of the club gigs that i do now i know people found me on twitch because of it 
Yeah. Um, TikTok, I've literally gotten out of a couple meetings today talking about like, we want to hire you for um, weddings or events or so on and so forth. Oh, where'd you find me? Oh, TikTok. All right. That's crazy. <laughs> like, like, that is it's, insane. It's so it's so weird to me. Like, um, you you want to y'all want to know the weirdest day for me over this past year? This is by far the weirdest day I've ever had. Um, in regards to like my career, um, I was DJing at um Dodger Stadium, and it was for Filipino Heritage Night. I have my own stage, my own setup. The weirdest thing, literally, like every five or ten minutes, someone came up to me and was like, "Hey, are you the guy who does the MySpace stuff on TikTok?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, oh, my, like, god. oh my god, like you're here, <laughs> like what the heck?" It was, it was crazy. It was so crazy to me, and I don't say that from like a, I don't say that from like a bragging standpoint. Yeah, yeah. it's just that, like, dude, you don't know who's watching you. You really don't. You know what I mean? And, you know, take that with like silver lining because that could be a good and a bad thing. But it's yeah. just like, dude, like when you're trying to get your name out there and you're trying to do as many events as you can, it's like, dude, like the events will, for the most part, eh, you know, the, the events will come to you if you put yourself out there on social media. Yeah. No, it's like I can't tell you how many events I've gotten to do in real life events I've gotten to do because of Twitch I can't tell you how many events that I'm getting now because of TikTok. It's kind of insane. Right. And so at the end of the day, this came from two things. One, obviously something that I love to do, but two, something that I would love to do for free. Yeah. I do. I do this for free. Even on Twitch, I do it for free. For TikTok, I do it for free. Yeah. But I think people... I think I think the trouble that I see is that people want to see like instant immediate gratification like oh if I put this video out how many um how many followers am I going to get or like am I going to get paid to like do this or you know it's like dude like who get like sorry can I curse here I know I've yeah. said okay. <laughs> I'm like bro like who gives a fuck who gives a fuck how many followers you're going to get or whatever, because I guarantee you, I guarantee you at least one person is going to see it. And that one person who just really fucks with what the fuck you're doing is going to contact you and be like, hey, we need you for this. Oh, hey, like you're dope. Like you think we can like involve you in something like this? I guarantee you someone's going to hit you up about it. It might not. And, you know, like at the end of the day, you also just have to be thankful for it, dude. Like, sorry, I'm getting like hella emotional. Like, it's all when good. I, like regurgitate everything I just <laughs> I just get super emotional about it like no dude, I love it I remember when uh, uh I first started DJing like I thought twenty dollars an hour was good you feel me like yeah. I, I used to do like hookah lounges for twenty dollars an hour wow or uh for like three hours every Friday oh, wow wow because you That's, know like dude, yeah. I needed I needed money and I and I told myself like hey all I'm going to do, literally all I'm going to do is just DJ and radio and do uh, the lunch table stuff. That's mm -hmm. literally all I wanted to do. Like, I even had homies tell me, like, yo, well, why don't you, you know, do Postmates or why don't you do this, do that? I'm like, I'm cool, bro, because I'm not trying to get caught up in that cycle because yeah. if I get, like, even, like, a, a decent check from all that stuff, of course I'm going to, like, you know, stick with that. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Why don't I just get a decent, like a super decent check from what I love to do? Now, a lot of DJs might have like a, uh, 
I guess it might be a little bit more controversial because, you know, I know DJs are trying to create a system in which like we all get paid like equally. Yeah. But you got to think about it. I'm coming from a standpoint in which I'm not experienced. I want to get my foot in the door. And granted, if you're a DJ who gets paid, who is good and wants to get paid good, you're not going to get it at a decent spot. So I'm going to go to the decent spots until I get a good spot that pays me good. You feel me? Like, that's why it's like, bro, like you can't, you can't get me on that. Like, I'm just going to keep on doing this, you know? For sure. Like, dude, like I was literally, I was literally in like negative checks when I was in, um, when all I was doing was like doing radio and uh, my lunch table stuff and DJing for like a low amount, like all negative checks. But I was like, it's cool. As long as I could still like somehow survive over here eating top ramen noodles like every day, like I'm chilling. <laughs> it's so good to hear that. Like all of this is fueled by so much passion. It's very inspiring to hear. I want to talk a little bit more about in real life DJing versus virtual DJing. What do you prefer, first of all? And what are the different challenges between the, the both of them? Whew, that's a great question because I don't know what I prefer. Um, yeah, it's a hard I mean, one. I, <laughs> because <laughs> I, I think I do prefer in real life more because, um, you know, you can actually see people move, dance, so on and so forth. Like you visually see it. Um, and you actually can kind of get like a really good gauge of like, I guess your skill and if you can get people to move, but I mean, I'll still do events where like no one shows up and I'm not tripping, but then those are the events where I'm just like, "Ah, I could have just been on Twitch during this time. And whereas for Twitch, it's like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, you are doing it for free. So it's kind of like that balance between like, okay, like I can do an event where zero people show up, for example, and get paid. So, 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 or I could do like a, a Twitch, a Twitch gig or like a raid train or whatever and do it for free. But then all the homies are here. So it's kind of it's actually very kind of difficult to gauge like which I would prefer in that particular situation. But like if it's an in real life gig and everything's popping like freaking I mean, not to do my own horn, but yesterday was freaking popping for the 365 days straight. Like that yes. was just like the best. And I was like on a high I'm still kind of on the high and I'm like, you know, like those are the best moments. So definitely that. Yeah. Congrats on 365 days of streaming. It was a lit party. Yeah. Um, So can you give a background with 365 days to those who don't know? Yeah. Um, I guess my boy PJ from Twitch started it he instigated it (laughs) shout out to pj you know it was funny because like i think what had happened was i i had went back to the bay for my dad's birthday and you know i still wanted to do i still wanted to like be creative because i was like i don't know how long quarantine is actually gonna go on for so i think i was on stream once and i had gone like a week straight and then pj my boy pj was just like hey uh you should just go 365 days straight. I said, all right. Because again, a couple of things that that I needed, like I wanted to promote myself. I wanted to do something that a lot of people didn't do. So why not? And I also looked up to DJ Franzen too. So I was like, well, he did it. I could do it too. And, you know, it, it very much became, there's a couple of reasons why I stuck with it. One, because I said I would. 
too, because I saw how powerful uh like raid trains could be, especially for charity. Three, like literally during that time too, all I was about was just like creating raid trains <laughs> and helping people grow. <laughs> wow. My God. Dude, it was crazy. It was so crazy. And, you know, I was in that mentality of just like, yo, like we can do this every single day. And it was so fun. And, you know, like just events were happening. It was like Thanksgiving. So I was like, cool, I can do a Thanksgiving stream. Oh, it's Christmas. We can do a Christmas stream. Oh, we can do a New Year's stream. <laughs> oh, we can do birthday streams. Oh, yes. we can do Valentine's Day streams. Oh, it's my birthday. Oh, we just got partnered oh that, like there were so many like different um things to like look forward to but uh i will say this though during the 365 days i think where my um i think where my energy started to decline a little bit was after i got partnered mm. because it was like such a huge feat that i that i just so wanted um and oh and also i had like the biggest stream of my life like a month beforehand so shanine i don't know if you remember but like um i was doing a foster the banana so we were raising money for act to change which is a program to stop asian hate a api mm. oh yeah yeah and so literally my manager's like hey like i got you and like a couple of the other djs on front page i said all right cool so literally what had happened that day was I didn't realize how big it would be, but I literally had like 6.5K people in my stream and it was like bananas. Yeah, she was needs crazy. Like she that was crazy. was crazy. You were like on the hey. main page on Twitch and I was like, what? It yeah, was he was on It was the main like page. so crazy, yo. Wow. And um, so after that, that's what I was like, cool, we're pushing for partner now. Like, <laughs> that's so, right. You know, I, I had come in, I came off like the biggest like stream of my life, still to this day, the biggest number wise stream of my life. Um, And then partner happened maybe like a month afterwards. And I really sat down to myself and I'm just like, damn, like now what? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it was kind of like those, it, it I was very conflicted because I was like, it became one of those moments where I said, well, we did it. Here we are. Now what? Yeah. And I, I literally questioned myself. And if I'm going to be honest, like I still kind of question myself with that because I'm like, you know, like, cool, we did it. What do we do next? <laughs> no, like, like, Can we no explain idea. that to everyone who doesn't know what a Twitch partnership is? Basically what it is, you have to be a premier streamer on the uh platform but even at that point like the way i because i saw how the numbers were moving and i was like okay i basically have to average like a hundred viewers <laughs> i basically have to stream for three hours every time i dj and i'm still streaming every single freaking day so i think also at that point too once i noticed it was gonna be real i was like cool i just have to keep on going at this formula because it's working but you know, like all formulas, like it does get tiring. Yeah. So I will say this though, because even my cousin who's been on Twitch for years, he was like, so, you know, like, is like, like Twitch partnership, like, how is it, bro? I'm like, I'm, I mean, it's the same. It's not like I freaking changed up on everyone. I get like extra emotes. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, get like purple, I get like a purple roast beef. Yeah, I get, you know, I get like some roast beef emotes, but it's like, that's it. <laughs> that's it. But, you know, not to downplay it because like, I, I reminded my community about this and, you know, I mm -hmm. want to remind whoever is uh, listening. It, it wasn't about like getting a purple check or anything like that. It is still a representation of if you want to 
reach a goal, literally all you have to do is just keep on going at it. Mm-hmm. Like people, people give up on like the partnership stuff. I've seen people like really get depressed over this shit, which I'm yeah. like, first of all, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> but second of all, like, you know, it's like, I get it because you're trying to accomplish something and you're trying to get everybody, I guess, like on your side per se. But for me, like, I always saw it as like, you know what, like, I think if people genuinely fuck with me, mm-hmm. then I don't have to rally to get people in here. Yeah, like, that's it. I don't have to work like I don't have to like work hella hard to mm-hmm. uh, get people in here because I just felt like people genuinely like enjoyed the content that I would do. Um, which I still hope is true. To this day. <laughs> I was going to say, like, do you ever feel like like the same way you, you get kind of tired doing the same thing? Like with TikTok, it's constant content creation. How do you usually get your ideas for the, for your videos or your themes or the MySpace theme? Like, how did you get there? And uh, well, what do you I, do when you get tired? Well, I always go back to like if I do feel tired about something, I always go back to um, why did I do this in the first place? And if I do feel tired, how can I re-energize myself with the content that I want to do? So let's just take TikTok, for example. Um, I noticed the trends that was going on TikTok, and it was really just like on some list stuff, like best blah, 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 best blah, blah, blah. So I was like, well, how could I do something that is still me and still goes with the formula that is being presented to me? So I thought about it, and like one of my uh, one of my reoccurring nights on Twitch is uh, called Simp Sesh, which was all R&B. And I would play MySpace songs. And I was like, hmm, well, MySpace is very niche. Let me just create like some my- like top MySpace songs. Why not? Dude, literally, <laughs> I was laughing on how it worked. I was like, oh, my God, this is all I had to do? <laughs> I mean, granted, if you look at the more recent MySpace videos, like they're way less than the beginning ones because, you know, I, I-, I know I overdid it. I'm like on part 26 right now, (laughs) but you know what I mean? Like, but the simple thing was just ask, asking myself, like, um, why did I do this in the first place? And how can I put out content that goes with the trend, but it's still me. And that's it. And you know, that's, that's the best way I always avoid burnout. I mean, to be honest, like I do think on this, uh, 365 day journey i will say within the past couple of weeks because like i'm trying to balance the radio work i do and twitch and tiktok and um in real life gigs that i've been like completely burnt out and truth be told like twitch has felt more like work than it was fun within these this past maybe like month and especially with like it winding down I think it was like a little bit of anxiety too so I think now I actually have the time to like uh recalibrate and just take a break and think to myself like okay where did I get lost again and how can I make this more fun not only for myself but for everyone else too because yeah like as a DJ who has DJed like every day for the past year, not counting the streams that I did previous to that, I got burnt out listening to the same freaking songs over and over again. Yeah. Fortunately, now I have a new system to where like I can kind of pull like whatever song and I'm like, cool, like let me just play some random shit, you know? So I think it'll be cool. I guess do like a music roulette and just Try to see like, hey guys, like what y'all feeling today? Y'all feeling country? We're gonna play some random ass country songs. I don't. <laughs> it's like now 
I'm just like, let me just do whatever I feel like, because once it started to get into the whole formula thing, it wasn't what I felt anymore. It's just what I knew what would work. Now, let me get back to like how I feel. So, yeah. Yeah. We noticed that on like some of your content, you you have a lot of like Filipino music. Do you want to talk about how your identity kind of ties to the music that you choose? Yeah, sure. Oh, that. Wow. <laughs> freaking question, yo. Question. Yeah, <laughs> Let's do it. Identity is like extremely important honestly um it, it's funny that you mentioned that because i remember when i first did the uh lunch table interviews it came to a point where someone had told me like hey uh you know you're the only person who does this you know we i'm putting you like as like the spokesperson for filipinos to do this and i'm just like don't do that on me please please don't please and he was just like well, okay, but I'm just letting you know, like, this is what's happening. I'm like, All right, cool, whatever, bro. But, you know, it, it made me aware that, like, oh, wow, like, this is important for people. Like, this is, like, legitimately important for people. Yeah. So, you know, I identity is, like, the one thing that means the most to me. And whether it be, like, being Filipino or being someone who grew up in the MySpace era or any of those things, the only way you, let's say you're a DJ and you want to like somehow like get out there or whatever, you need to be able to put yourself out there and think of the most, the littlest things that'll help you out the most. It will help you if you just do you, you literally just have to do you. That's it. It's really nothing to it is the crazy part. And I'm trying to tell everyone, you literally just have to do you. It's the easiest thing to do, but I get it. It's it's also kind of hard to do that because it's like, oh, well, how can I be me if someone else is doing the same thing? Da, da, da. It's literally no one else is like you. And if you just learn to put yourself out there, your creativity is going to do what it does. It is It is going to do what it does. Well said. Very well said. So what is it like to be Filipino for you? Dang, what's it like being Filipino? Talaga. <laughs> and being from the Bay Area, too. Yeah, that, too. Honestly, it's, it's so funny because, you know, being over here in uh, L.A., you know, it's kind of like, oh, are you, from the Bay? are you from L.A.? It's like, dude, <laughs> like I'm, I'm from, you know, I'm from where, I from, where I'm from. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's cool to represent for the city where I'm from and represent my people because, you know, even as Filipinos, I just feel like we haven't gotten the opportunity to put ourselves out there in an entertaining manner because it makes sense to me having conversations with like Inigo or whoever, because it's like when we migrate, when our families migrated from the Philippines to here, the first thing is like, let's, let's get this work done. Let's, let's figure out a way in which we can make a lot of money quickly because we need to. And I'm like, all right, but now we're finally at that point where we can experiment and do whatever we want. Yeah. So I'm actually put in a very good situation to where now I could just do it. Yeah. But, you know, being Filipino, it it means so much to me. And it's funny that you mentioned that, too, because I remember when I first started Twitch, I noticed the second I became not even became the second I dove into me, like really being Filipino. That's when shit started to pop, dude. When you started being yourself. When I just started being myself, like I, I would literally I don't know, I would. Wow, you guys are really making me like think. <laughs> so That's what we want. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
I remember doing an interview with Mixed News at that time or Mixed TV at that time. And they had asked me, like, what was the hardest thing for you prior to quarantine? And why do you think like you're thriving right now? The question was around there. Right. And I told them that I've always felt like I've had like an identity crisis. Oh, wow. Because, wow. yeah, no, tr- seriously, because there wasn't a lot of Filipinos who were in radio. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah. obviously, there's like DJ E-Man, who is in control of Power 106 and a couple other like heavy hitting stations over here in LA. I see ice for sure. But it's like not a lot of people know, respectfully, not a lot of people know E-Man, not a lot of people know Icy Ice. Yeah. So how can we get Filipinos to the point where it's like, yo, like everyone knows this, this person, everyone knows DJ, blah, blah, blah. Everyone knows, uh, you know, so-and-so who rocks the mic, da, da, da. Like, how do we get there? How do we get, how do we get Inigo there? For example, how do we get Kiana V there? For example, even though people do know them and you know, how do we aj's there everyone knows aj people in the philippines know anigo people in the philippines know kiana and literally like one of my jobs is to make sure that people over here in the u.s know them too that's literally one of my jobs like i will tell you that's literally one of my jobs (laughs) and uh you know I, i i've i've come to realize that even for myself whether uh whether i become the person that everyone knows or whether I assist the person who becomes the person that everyone knows I'm so happy with that because at the end of the day like it's not about me it's about what has been done and what we can create as a community because I could tell you this much you can you can shoot me the biggest the biggest name you know but they are nothing without the people who are in love with whatever they do or in love with them or whatever the case may be Mm -hmm. like you can give me the biggest star like Bruno Mars and it's like well Bruno Mars isn't shit without all his fans for me for example I clearly don't have as many people on my side as Bruno Mars but it's like I'm literally not shit without the people on Twitter my name is not much without the people on Twitter my name is not much without the people on Twitter and the people who do really support me you know yeah and so you know you just got to be thankful for that and just be Mm -hmm. thankful that like Literally, you are here every step of the way, like just trying to do what a lot of people like wish they could do. Mm-hmm. Like even if even if my audience is like never as big as Bruno Mars, it's cool because I know there is my audience who is affected by what I do. And if I can just inspire the next person to do something that they just wanted to fucking do and thought it was fucking cool, like cool. Like, dude, I literally had someone, uh, my friend, she uh, DM me like months ago. She was like, hey, like I'm thinking about streaming stuff. Like, what should I stream? I'm like, I don't I don't know, dude. Like, what do you like? I literally asked her, like, what do you like? Mm-hmm. She's like, I-, I don't know. I said, well, you kind of got to figure that out. First. And she DM me today and she's like, hey, Nico, I figured out what I want to stream. I want to stream like like Lego creation. Oh, hey, I was like, dude, like somebody will watch. Yeah, I was like, yeah. dude, I'll watch because that's sick. Yeah. But you know, the fact that the fact that it's like you hit me up about that and you're letting me know, like, hey, I, I want to do Lego creation. Like, what's my next move? I'm like, I got you. Now it's easy. This yeah, is you know, you now I can do. give you all the technical bullshit that nobody gave me. So you don't have a hard time doing this shit. At least now you found out what you wanted to do. Well, speaking of next moves, what is what's your next move? Like, what do you what are your goals? Where do you see yourself growing? Um, I think in regards to if I could kind of like separate everything, I think that's the easiest way for me to explain. Um, in real life gigs, obviously, I just want to continue to do more. 
in real life gigs. So whether it be clubs or whether it just be like personal events or stuff like that, because I know for a fact I've put myself in a position to uh, really to really thrive in those situations now. And I, I, I know I've earned a spot at least mentally, emotionally, and, you know, uh, I guess hopefully in like other people's eyes too, I've earned a spot in uh, being considered for uh, being a DJ for someone's event. Um, I think in regards to Twitch, now I can actually make like very specialty like DJ streams. Like literally, I'm like, dude, I could do like a freaking Snow Allegra versus Alicia Keys. Now. I would watch that. Because now <laughs> I can actually like... Sounds I can nice. actually refocus and like not just do like oh yeah you know yeah. here we are again another <laughs> another stream on the freaking checklist <laughs> um so do that yeah and um I think in regards to TikTok I just want to continue doing like dope TikTok content um I guess I'll tell you guys first but then the next series that I'm gonna work on is like top songs from uh that you heard on MTV <laughs> oh my gosh yes <laughs> you know I mean? and that kind of just that can kind of go everywhere from like, you know, Green Day to uh, Hillary Duff or, wow. you know, stuff like that. You're hitting the right demographic, too. Because <laughs> I know. I mean, once you've like yeah. once you've like kind of surveyed everything in a sense, mm-hmm. it's like, OK, you, you can kind of figure out what to do now, bro. Like this is totally exactly. easy. You just got to do what to do. Yeah. Well, we're going to do a lightning round question. All right. I start with Shanine. Shanine's gonna start us off. <laughs> IRL or virtual? Mm, IRL. Hardware and software that you use. Ooh, hardware and software that I use. Uh, S9 Pioneer S9 PLX 1000s for my turntables. Um, software Serato, which I wish they would help out with Big Sur. Please help out with Big Sur because I'm trying right. to get that new, I'm trying to get that new uh MacBook. 2022 like the ones that they just like released the uh information about today i'm trying to get that shit um hercules dj shout out to hercules I'm dj for all of you for all of you who have uh, heard my mixes on the radio um i literally record everything on a hercules impulse 500 for anyone who doesn't know the hercules is like this little portable little controller that i love <laughs> it is the shit i i love that control yeah like, and this is without me i mean yeah you know that's <laughs> on my sponsors hercules but <laughs> nonetheless it's a, it's a really good controller. shout out to hercules <laughs> um, i mean macbooks these mics have saved my life and have been the the one of the huge sources of my content it's the sure sm7b classic yeah i got two of them oh and also like two of everything bro yeah literally have two of everything that's all I'm saying. What's your favorite genres? Um, dude, uh, I have to go with, I have to go with R&B. Yeah. <laughs> I have to go with R&B. It's just, it's literally good with anything, honestly. Favorite place or event to DJ at? It's fun. I, I'd say in regards to a club, arena is like my favorite spot. I mean, but I've also DJed like random. It, it's so funny because it's like, I know this is like a lightning round, but I'm still answering it in like long form, but it's like, I'll even get like, I'll even get the small events that are just like freaking popping, um, whether it be like walkathons or just like trademark SF. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That place that was, was popping. I was like, was bro, this place is like, <laughs> that was like, to fun. Be honest, sometimes the smaller places, 
when you just get hella people just packed in, I'm like, this is gold, man. Yeah. Like, this is the <clears> type <throat> of shit that I absolutely love. Yeah. So, you know, but, you know, I, I, I do want to do I eventually do want to do like huge clubs and rock it over there, too. What's your favorite Filipino dish? Sisig. <laughs> dude. But not not no not no LA CC. I'm talking about Bay Area CC. Like Dang. that shit. No, no, seriously. Because my girlfriend Jackie, she would be like, "Why don't you take me to like Filipino restaurants?" I'm like, "Dude, because the Filipino restaurants in LA are not good. There's actually one that <laughs> is good. There's one that is good, but it's all family style, so we can't get like you mm. know like plates. Mm-hmm. Um, but literally every other like place I've gotten seasick over here, like I need that on like a sizzling hot plate yeah right. like rice and i like i need that otherwise the seasick is just not it for me it don't hit have you tried it with mayo that sounds kind of good honestly it is that sounds good <laughs> um current song on repeat chico <laughs> uh it's actually i mean no 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 um can't lose by kiyomi so Ooh. kiyomi aren't <gasps> Dude, I love that song. I love that song. So I was, yeah, I was listening to that earlier. <laughs> yeah, that's that's literally one of my favorite songs from Kiyomi and probably one of my favorite songs that dropped this year. Kiyomi is an R&B singer from I mean, Hayward, California. Freaking dope. I, I freaking love Kiyomi. It was so funny because uh, I actually, so when I first interviewed her, she like looked, she looked super innocent. <laughs> I was at a video shoot for Tui the other day. I said, hey, what's up? <laughs> and I was like, I, I told my boy, I was like, yo, who was that? He was like, bro, that's Kiyomi. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, shout out to Kiyomi. I, I got shout so much love for that girl. She's cool. Shout out to your favorite DJs. Who's your favorite DJs? If I could also kind of categorize this too, I guess like my favorite battle DJ would have to be Jay Espinoza. My favorite old school DJ would have to be Icy Ice. My favorite like ratchet DJ, you know, hip hop ratchet music, I think it would have to be Mary, Mary Jane. Good choices. Yeah. And uh, finally, how can other people support your work and get involved in what you do? Shit, hire me. Hire me to blitz, y'all. Nah, um, just, <laughs> For you real. Can, uh, you can hit me up at Nico, a.k.a. Blitz. That's N-I-C-O, a.k.a. Yep. Blitz. And uh, yeah, I'm just a DM, email away. Serious inquiries only. <laughs> One last it. thing. One last thing. One last thing. Yeah. On Golden Great, we always like to ask our guests to share someone or something who is gold and great to them. Who would you like to share or what would you like to share? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I think I would like to share. You know, what? I want to I, I do want to go the family route. Um, My my parents have been like just such crazy supporters. Um, The reason why I wanted to go the family route is because, you know, also here on Collab SF, it's like all about Filipino stuff. Right No, But like, you know, I, I think it, when I was doing my lunch table stuff, when I started my lunch table stuff in the beginning, they had no clue what I was doing. And they always ask me like, hey, you know, you can move back home if you want. Or maybe you could, you know, maybe get like a big boy job, so to speak. The I right, cool. Bet. And then it literally wasn't until I interviewed Anigo Pasquale where they were like, hey, we know what you're doing and we love to see it. Cool. Thanks. And then even on Twitch, it's like, I mean, my mom's on there every time I'm on. My dad will tune in every so often. But, you know, I, I think it's cool to uh, have started something so many years ago and it be a uh, 
a career path that not a lot of, uh, I guess, Filipino parents would approve of. But, you know, they've they've just been totally all about like, hey, like do what you love type of shit. But, you know, for them to like really recognize everything that I do and really support what I do just means the world to me. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we there are parents who just don't support their kids and what they want to do. And if there's anything that I can share with whoever is Filipino, especially who is scared to uh, do what they want to do because they're not sure if their parents are going to approve of what they do. It's like, fuck that. Do it. Your parents are going to approve of it one way or another. And they will love it as long as they see that you love it. Wow. Thank you, Nico, for, for being here thank with you, us thank today. You. And thank you, Shanine, for co-hosting yeah. this episode. It was lovely having both of you guys. And uh, we will definitely talk soon. That's it for this episode of Golden Great. You can send questions, comments, and episode ideas our way to goldengreat at collaboration.org. Collaboration is spelled with a K. Please feel free to send this episode to a friend. You can also leave us a review on any podcast platform to help people find the show. This episode was mixed and edited by Selena Nguyen. Our interviewing producer is Adrian Chen. Our supervising producer is Long Vo. And our executive producer is Josh Ko. Our beautiful theme song was composed by Robert Guh, and you can listen to more of his work at bobbygemusic.com. This is Selena signing off, and we will see you soon with more stories from Golden Great. Thanks for listening.